Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise, its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. Welcome to Starfleet Boy, where we have a casual and informal discussion about our beloved series, Star Trek. Good afternoon, and welcome to... Another exciting episode of Starfleet Boy, where we have a casual and informal discussion about Star Trek. And uh, our focus today, since we've been uh, doing this as a series, is Star Trek The Next Generation's episode, Symbiosis. And I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, the Doctor. Hello, Doctor. Hello. (laughs) I don't think you... Oh, you know what? I should move my microphone... Do I need to move this? I'm going to move mine like just a little closer to me. I'm going to okay. do one of these things. That way I don't have to yell or anything like that. What is that? How does that sound? Sounds good, right? That sounds fine. Oh, you said, whoa. <laughs> oh, was that, was that, was, should I not do this? <laughs> I don't know if you want all the uh, ladies in the audience to get riled no. up, you should do that. But um, otherwise it's fun. <laughs> Is that T Earl Grey? T Earl Grey hot. Actually, I'm. Uh, was it Captain Janeway that drank coffee? I wouldn't know anything about that show. <laughs> well, I'm having coffee. Apple juice. Uh, audience, you'll have to mind the noise. Something's going on upstairs in uh, stellar cartography. They're ha- they're banging on things up there. So every now and then, I'm sure you'll hear that in the background. And then, of course. If Khan is loose in the city, you'll hear sirens. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> jumping right into the kind of um, the episode summary, it's pretty straightforward um, and simple episode. Uh, symbiosis is about two worlds that rely on each other. Um, one world known as Brecca uh, is a kind of technologically... Um, uh, humble world is a good way to put it, I guess. Um, they don't yeah. even they don't even really have space travel, but the Breckens provide um, <clears throat> a, uh, a very powerful drug to help the Onarans, the other planet, uh, deal with a terminal. Uh, well, rather, we don't know if it's terminal, but a disease that every Onaran suffers from Mm -hmm. um and so the crew of the enterprise start out by investigating um an interesting uh some interesting solar activity in the system uh which i already forgot the name of the system the delos system (laughs) (laughs) so they explore some activity uh with the sun in the delos system and then they get a 
distress call from a freighter, which is uh, going to um, it's losing its uh, uh, stability and is going to crash into a planet. They're not able to save the freighter, but they are able to save four out of six survivors and a cargo shipment of this um, Felicium, uh, which the Breckens uh, produced for the Onarans. Um, and the crew's just kind of baffled because the Onaran captain, played by the amazing uh, Merritt Buttrick, um, is pretty inept. <laughs> he doesn't know how to do much other than pilot his ship. He has no idea how to repair it. Um, the crew offer uh, coils, some kind of coils for their uh, warp engine or their engines, and uh, they wouldn't even know how to install those. And, you know, they're 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 not very focused on technology, even though they have uh, space flight. And then the Breckens, anyways, they save four out of six crew members, and the uh, crew, the Onarans and the Breckens don't even seem affected by the fact that two crew members are lost. Um, <clears throat> we find out that um, there's some intrigue because the. Uh, shipment of Felicium uh, is now in dispute. The Breckens claim that the Onarans had offered payment for it, but the payment must have uh, gone down with the cargo ship. So now this Felicium is no longer available to them. Meanwhile, the Onarans are suffering from um, their disease, which Dr. Crusher cleverly discovers is not a disease, but in fact, the entire Onaran population is addicted to Felicium, which is which once did cure a disease, but is now just a narcotic that uh, gives everyone, um, you know, relief from withdrawal symptoms uh, when they start to uh, come off this narcotic. And the Breckens apparently have known this the whole time, and there's like a whole bunch of cool... Um, uh, things that happen involving the prime directive. And we end with Captain Picard coming up with a rather fair, if not easy solution. And Dr. Crusher left in doubt whether or not it was the right decision uh, made by Captain Picard. So that's the uh, episode in a nutshell. And now we can talk, start talking about it. What did you think? I, I, you know, I really like this episode for a lot of reasons, but I think uh, uh, mainly I like the I like it when uh, Star Trek episodes are thought provoking or any TV for that matter. And uh, when I first saw this uh, as a kid, it wasn't really a very <clears throat> standout episode for me. But having now being an adult and having lived life, I've seen people go through um, you know some kind different kinds of addiction. Um, and you know, it kind of has a whole new meaning to me. Now I have a whole different, uh, view of this episode. So watching it as an adult, um, at various stages of adulthood, it, it's meant more and more. And I think this time it actually, uh, you know, I, th I think it's still a very relevant, uh, episode and it, it hits a, a lot of societal, um, problems, are just uh, human society problems are discussed in this episode through the uh, through mm -hmm. the way that the Breckens and the Onarans uh, their symbiotic relationship, and one can argue, you know, that this is a similar relationship that drug dealers have with their clients, you know, and it's like 
the drug dealer knows that uh, a certain drug might be harmful to their client, but at the same time, that's that's how they make their livelihood. And the the Breckens know that this drug is harmful. That you know that it's it's ad- highly addictive. It creates terrible withdrawals and puts the Onarans in a great deal of pain and discomfort. But uh, they continue to refine this drug and make it even more potent to keep the Onarans addicted to it so that they can provide the Breckens with all their basic needs. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's a very interesting kind of story. Um, and you, you can't help but wonder uh, if there's a way to solve the problem in, you know, the same problem in our life. So I think it's a great episode that brings up a lot of like touch points and topics that are very relevant still today. I also really liked it because I've always known that uh, Merritt Buttrick, who plays David, is in this episode. But I also realized uh, watching it this time that the uh, Khan's right hand, this is like a Star Trek two reunion because um, the Brecken character uh, is played by um, uh, Judson Scott, who played uh, Joaquin. I will beat you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Love that line. <laughs> yeah, so he so this is a Star Trek II uh alumni reunion. And uh, it's a sad episode too because we know that Merritt Buttrick died shortly after this. Um he yeah. died he died of AIDS, right? A year later. A year a year after the episode uh aired. Yeah, yeah so. very sad, yeah. Very sad. Um, so yeah, I liked. So overall, I liked it. I think it was a really solid episode, a really good um, episode that delves into philosophy and the Prime Directive. What about you? I um, I don't think I, I I think it's an okay episode. I it um, I don't think it holds up as as well um, as you do. I think uh, I I do agree with you know the uh, the fact that the episode does raise uh themes uh subject matters that uh is still very relevant to society today uh drug addiction uh being one of them and 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 greed just just mm-hmm. greed being the other one um but i i think the acting is a little hammy uh especially <laughs> on the part of the um I'm sorry. Which who are the greedy bastards? The, the Breckens. Breckens. Yeah, the, the Breckens. Breckens are a little just too obviously uh, sleazy uh, used car dealers. You know, they're just like I don't know. They just like you can you just know that they're the bad guys. You know, there's no doubt in my mind from moment one. And then I thought the. Um, what are the Osirens? What are the what are the, the Onarans? The Onarans? Okay, I'm sorry, I'm I'm really bad with these names. Their um, I I thought the portrayal of their withdrawal symptoms were a little over the top. I thought, um, I mean, obviously, yes, you know, withdrawal symptoms are bad, and yes, I've seen it, and but still, it just went on for so long, and and then it was like instantly, you know, they what do they do? They they pinch themselves or something, and it's just like, oh, and it's like they're on Valium. I mean, it's it's I I, I don't know. I don't know I, what um, I don't know what drug the 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 writers 
we're we're trying to parallel for sure. That's an interesting thing that maybe we could find out. Um, but from my experience and what I've seen um, and read, um, actually, it's not over the top. If many heroin addicts go through even worse yeah. uh, withdrawal symptoms than what was even shown. And I kind of thought that the drug paralleled heroin and that it's injected and it's like super potent and, and like what it kind of does. And I, I felt like that was definitely something, you know, right away. They just like, yeah, they're just relaxed all of a sudden. And in this like great, they go from being extremely agitated and, and in, in extreme discomfort, like where they think they're dying. I mean, they actually thought yeah. like they're going to die. And and then the relief is just the complete opposite, which is again something that you see with heroin um, heroin addicts for sure. Um, I liked Crusher in the episode a lot. She was. This was a great Crusher episode. You're right. This was a good Crusher episode. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought her uh, interactions with Picard were, um, you know, they they kind of echoed um you know the, the feisty uh exchanges that McCoy and Kirk would have mm-hmm. in the original series I, I think with uh the character with the characters of, of Crusher and Picard I am they're kind of it, it, they've gone different routes throughout this season that I've seen you know are they romantically interested are they you know are are they going to be feisty sparring partners or are they going to be you know there's different modes with these two characters and in this one it was sort of like uh you know crusher is very uh adamant that we need to tell these people what's being done to them and uh which is what i personally (laughs) would believe in and and uh i i side with her on this um, but then you have Picard, you know, um, doctor, the prime directive is not just a set of rules. It is a philosophy and a very correct one. History has proven again and again that whenever mankind interferes with a less developed civilization, no matter how well intentioned that interference may be, the results are invariably disastrous. Yes, that, that's what the Time Lords of Gallifrey <laughs> believe, and I, being a renegade Time Lord... Uh, don't believe that. <laughs> I don't know about that. But, so I, I, I identified with Crusher in this episode. I, I thought it was a good showcase for, for Gates McFadden and, and yeah. Patrick Stewart. Uh, the elevator conversation, the turbo lift that conversation. same conversation, yeah. You know? <clears throat> um, but having said that, I... It the episode just um, I don't know it just didn't really click with me I the whole also the you know the Nancy Reagan moment uh, Wesley turns around why do people use drugs and and Tosh is like well Wesley it just seemed really um, prescribed and it's not, it it seemed like so many I, scenes that you know what but I think. I thought putting, I am glad you put it in that context though. I'm glad you took it to like a historical place and said the Nancy Reagan um, moment. The The war on drugs is, is something that started with the Reagan administration. And um, it's one of the most expensive kinds of endeavors. Um, and everyone uh, thinks that like, 
the problem is this or the problem is that. And I think that everyone's kind of missing. Tasha brings up a great point. And there's a lot of evidence now that shows that um, <clears throat> drug addiction is not so clear cut as what people think, you know, Wesley just is baffled and, and you know, um, you know, to him, I, I think it's great. Like he is just like, how could anyone ever even depend on that? I mean, he brings up great points. It's like, don't they realize it's an artificially produced high, like, you know, oh. the, the good feelings and all that. And then, you know, you could tell Tasha's character is coming from a place where she's either been very, again, near people who are addicted to drugs or she herself may have even had to battle with addiction in her youth on, on this colony that this horrifying uh, colony that she lived on and grew up on. Um, But I think the biggest thing that we're finding today um, with like many years of research is that the problem is not, you know, uh, that the drugs themselves are always, you know, they are highly addictive, but that's not always a problem. Um, after the Vietnam War, there was a study done because a lot of uh, vet, a lot of soldiers, while they were abroad, uh, became addicted to opiates like heroin, mm-hmm. and um, and also when they came, so when they came, when they were going to bring these soldiers back, there was like a huge uh, concern that we would bring home, you know, thousands and thousands of, of drug addicted soldiers. And also the other worry is like when someone's injured and they end up in hospital and they're given opiates, uh, there's always the fear that they'll be addicted to these opiates, you know, after their, after their treatment is, is finished. And the, the thing is, is that that doesn't happen. And so what a few researchers have found is that where where um they did this experiment with rats where uh they put um rats in isolation and in one water receptacle there was cocaine water drug water <laughs> and in the other water receptacle there was just regular water the rats that were just in isolation would go to the cocaine water overdose and die then they did the same experiment with Rat Park, where they created a park, so to speak, but like a community of rats, right? And they offered all the rats the same thing. And once in a while, the rats would try the cocaine water, but they would not, they would hardly drink it at all. They would drink the regular water. And it's because now they were in a community and they had other rats to socialize with and things like that. So I think the real problem is like, that we do, you know, have a big problem with isolation and isolating people. When people become homeless, we isolate them. We don't really try to rehabilitate them and welcome them back into society. We're always like kind of pushing them out of our cities and into uh, the fringes and like, you know, and then they become addicted to drugs and then they die. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, um, I would echo that. My my personal experience is like working at you know at work with, with this with the the kids. I mean, um, I've seen kids come in high as a kite at seven in the morning, and uh, and you have to wonder what the hell, why the hell are you getting high at seven in the morning, and um, and right. what you end up what you end up seeing is 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 a lot of these kids come from troubled homes. I mean, why do you go, you know, why do you need to get high at seven in the morning? Because because you're, you're I mean, I'm talking about, you know, these kids, young kids, 14, 15, you know, they're they're escaping whatever issues 
in their lives, uh, whether it's it's a, a horrible uh, parental situation or a lack of total lack of parental situation or or other things, um, abuse issues. So, yeah, you're right. Uh, obviously, you know, um, people get hooked on on many things because they're trying to escape. Um, I, I agree with the, I agree with the, the intents of the, of the story, which is, I mean, I, I, you've known me for many, many years. I'm, I'm adamantly anti, uh, drugs. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think, um, this, this, somehow the story just doesn't play out it's just not that interesting. I don't know. The, the story seemed a little boring to me. Uh, obvious. Uh, going back to the Nancy Reagan uh, moment, you know, it just seems kind of tele. It, 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 there's really no surprises. And then the things I did have questions about uh, were just kind of thrown aside. Like uh, one thing we're not we haven't talked about yet is yeah, you know, uh, both. Yeah, um, this planet, the um, not the Breckians, the other ones, the the drug addict Anar planet, Anarans, yeah. The Anarans <laughs> have this uh, power to uh, the static electricity power. They do. They both do. They're all electric eels. Right. Um, I mean, I thought that was really interesting, but uh, you know, we're kind of caught up in in their drug addiction problem, and um, I don't know. It it, it just. I thought the acting was a little obvious. I, um, go ahead. I again, I like that over the top kind of acting, and it's kind of like what you can expect from uh, those actors. Um, you know, they're not they're not subtle actors, and uh, as I've seen them, well, maybe Merritt Buttrick is, but the actor who plays Joaquin, he's kind of like I kind of expected him. You know, and and in this, um, he looks very different. <laughs> by the way, he actually, looks, I, his name's Sobi. By the way, and his Sobi S O B I, uh, the character's name. And I thought, so I thought Sobi and his counterpart. I think her name was Langor. Uh, was it? I can't remember. Yes, yes, it was Langor. Anyways, I thought that what I liked about them is that, like, if you think about. The thing about Star Trek is that a lot of times when we're presented with these kind of planets so far in the next generation, and and this is perhaps um, uh, a critique uh, that that maybe we can, <clears throat> if anyone from you know any of the writers on the next uh, Star Trek series are listening into this, is that like it seems like every planet that we visit is an extreme version yeah. of, a, of a philosophy. It's like okay. there's. Yes. Like all the Onarans are addicted to this drug. Yeah. Like, you know, all the Breckens are, you know, right. and they're, you know, it's exactly. like we go to planets where the entire planet is a matriarchy or, you know, and it is cool. I get it from a story perspective. It's neat to see, hey, what, it, you know, philosophically speaking, what if a planet went in this direction and embraced this philosophy 100% like, you know, and things like that. But I think that, you know, <clears throat> I think that on Earth we have all of the all of these philosophies are represented here on Earth, right. you know, in different cultures. And I get it; you have to kind of like, you can't say like this is an exact parallel of like, you know, the Chinese civilization or like a you know Asian civilization rather, or like Russian civilization or European civilization. But you take little bits and you know extremify them. 
Right. And so, yeah. I, so, but that being said, I think that like, that's kind of like why the actors came uh, in my opinion, act the way they do. It's like, well, you know, you're told by your, your director and, that um, you're from a planet where everyone's addicted to drugs and it's a, uh, the withdrawal symptoms are are like coming off of heroin so it's like you know this is kind of the only way they're going to portray it. and then the on the other side you tell the uh brecken actors like you're living on a planet that has everything you could possibly need it's all provided on it's all provided on the backs of the onaran people and their addiction and so brecka is kind of like a haven it's like a you know you want to talk about privilege these people are very privileged and have no and have no idea and i thought that that's why to me that's why the performances were great because the two actors that played the brecken breckians um it seemed in, extremely out of touch with pain and suffering and reality and were were very privileged i thought um and it's even evident in the scene after the kind of argument in the cargo bay um no sorry in the uh, sick bay where uh, they agree to um, <clears throat> they agree to give one dose for um, the the two Onarans. Uh, then the Breckian characters go back to their room, and she's like, you know, getting a glass of wine and sitting there, and they're about to laugh about it all. You know, like ha 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 ha. I know. It was uh, just yeah. And I thought that was wonderful to portray them as both uh examples of like extreme what extreme privilege can do to you and what um you know and how disconnected it can make you and just like to show that sometimes villainy arises from the most um kind of uh in places that are not always easy to see you don't clear you don't immediately think of the breckens as villains because there is a good argument to their point about you know well this is something the Onarans need and we're providing it for them. So we're just providing it in exchange for, you know, the necessities of life, what they call the necessities of life, which we can see are, are, you know, they're they're The Breckians are dressed in silks and like fine clothing and the Onarans are dressed in like farmer's rags, you know? So it's like just all those things I thought like helped to play into this kind of dynamic and we see this in our own society where you do see like large populaces that are in servitude of some sort to a very small population of wealthy people. This is still going on in the world. And it's like, you know, how much wealth is enough? Like, I get it. You know, we are in a free society, but, you know, like beyond, you know, like does one person need, you know, 50 billion dollars <laughs> you know right. at the at the expense of and what is the expense like what what well that that that's the key thing where you where you where you're where you're going is that yeah. yes uh, i'm not i mean i think you're saying the same thing i'm not debating whether or not anyone has the right to be a billionaire or whatever but you know when you see uh that others are suffering so much and and all this you know where is your humanity whereas your compassion and and um and and the care the 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 people from the trump planet um <laughs> were just so obviously villainous and it, it, i i don't know it's i mean i suppose you're right i mean i suppose the the acting was bringing across the uh the theme of the story i i just i don't know i i i 
I think you I didn't do. I think you there was hit no B plot in this, right? There was uh, not really a B plot in this. I think they the whole thing wrote on this. There were a few things with like technological problems with the sun, like you know, causing like all kinds of malfunctions that are at the beginning, uh, at right? The beginning, and but there was no you know, like ongoing. No, there wasn't really. It was pretty straightforward. You think this is an episode that maybe could have? It could have had a B plot. I think it could benefited have benefited from one. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. I would say yeah. You know, um, I think, I think so. the I think the thing that wins for me in this episode um, is that we're it is thought provoking and we're having these great discussions. But you're right, we're not really like talking about the episode per se. Um, I do right, think it's fu- yeah. <laughs> I, I do think it's funny that um, you said Trump planet. By the way, uh, the opinions expressed on Starfleet Boy are solely our opinions and not the opinions of any of our sponsors, which we don't have any right now, but it's just your opinion and my opinion. It's just our opinions here, guys. Um, Trump planet. You, I think you kind of, in a way I feel defend my point about the acting choices is that like Donald Trump seriously doesn't seem to realize how awful he is. Like he really does not think, you know, like he, I think he genuinely thinks he's on the right side of um, of uh, of history or whatever. Um, but looking at him, he's to me he seems villainous and and awful. You know, yeah. and I think that's what the Breckians are like. And I do uh, hereby say that from this point on, on Starfleet Boy, Brecca, the planet from which these people are, is now renamed the, the Trump, Trump planet. planet. In fact, one of its features is uh, from outer space, you can see a giant T on the main continent. And it's, it's visible. <laughs> it's visible all the way from Onara. You can see the giant T all the way from Onara. Oh, gosh. I was you know in- what else I was reminded of is the... Um, who is that pharmaceutical... Um, this pharmaceutical owner who um, jacked up the price of oh, some Martin vaccine. Rally. Right. Another, didn't you, didn't you think of him as well when you watched this episode? You know, I didn't think of him, but you're absolutely right. The parallel is, you know, another, that's another great parallel is that here, he, here's someone taking advantage of something that's highly refined, very, you know, very, uh, hard to make or whatever and very essential to a small amount of people that can cause great suffering or death. And here it is um, being offered. It's been jacked up to this insane price. Um, There are some things about Martin Shkreli that some, some argue he was actually, if you really looked into it, he did claim that if you contacted him or the company directly, that he would give you, if you had this condition, toxoplasmosis or whatever it was called um that he would actually give you the medicine for free um if you contacted him and you were suffering from this what he was trying to do is charge the hospitals and the um and the corporations that needed to buy it in bulk uh a price that he thought was more fair but i don't know you know i don't think that it is at the end of the day he's still obstructing this drug from getting into the to the hands of the not everyone's going to know to contact Martin Screlly <laughs> and, and, you know, or like, it's kind of like a weird, a weird thing to do is to like 
there's no way he could promise that he's going to get it in the hands of everyone who needs it for free. Or I don't know. It was just a way for him to deflect the actual issue. Right. Um, but yeah, he's, an, he's a great example of another person who's extremely privileged and out of touch with reality because they, because of their privilege, <laughs> you know, it's right. like, here he is. He lives in, you know, he, uh, apparently one of the things that he likes to show off about is that he has this one, the, uh, the Wu-Tang clan has created this album on yeah, a hard drive yeah. and, ridiculous. and he's the only person who owns and he paid some great fortune for this album. It's like, why are you, um, you know, why is this being flaunted? And, and, you know, why is that even cool? Yeah, that's <laughs> you know, it's like, that's, that's like, it's why like, is this even cool? Why is why this is, even yeah, why is that even a thing that you should spend money on? You could have spent those millions of dollars maybe on building HUD homes for homeless people or something like that. But mm-hmm. um, what, what what did you think about the actual? Because uh, the the portrayal of the um, the the drug addicted planet. I mean, you know, you're talking about you know the withdrawal symptoms that people experience uh, as they're getting off heroin. And, you know, these withdrawal symptoms, because when, when they beam aboard, when they initially beam aboard the Enterprise, they seemed okay, maybe a little jittery, but okay. But as the episode progressed, I mean, they just looked like they were going to die. Um, and when Picard uh, spoke with the uh, whatever the president of their planet or whatever. He also seemed really edgy. And I mean, so, you know, the image of, of an entire planet, and this goes to the point that you were saying, I mean, if, if they had just maybe made it about a, one group of people on the planet or, or uh, and, you know, just a part of a nation, but this isn't, they're giving us this impression of an entire planet basically on the floor going through these traumatic uh, withdrawal pains, I would think that if this was something, and, and my impression is that this probably had happened before, you would think that somehow, somewhere, somebody on the drug addicted planet would have figured out um, exactly what it took Crusher barely any time to figure out and that was something that um recalled an earlier episode the one where they um they stole the kids remember the that episode yeah. where those people were so ignorant of how their world worked like they didn't know how their technology worked and all that stuff and then here we have a planet where people you know, they they had this disease, they used this drug, and somehow they've completely forgotten that. I mean, it seems like they've forgotten a lot in, in their... Both planets, uh, the both examples you use, I think, are excellent examples of two different things. On the um, Aldean homeworld, technology had become so integrated into their lives that they forgot how to they they lost touch with science and innovation because there was no need for it all of their essential basic needs were provided for and now this culture on aldea chose to uh delve 
into the arts more than into science and they lost their kind of way. So if anything broke on Aldea and the custodian couldn't fix it, they'd be screwed, you know, right. basically. Um, on Onara, what's happened is that Felicium uh, is, it It looks like one of the side effects of Felicium is, is that you just don't give a shit anymore about anything because you're just so right. like, you're, so, you're, addicted on, you're so addicted. Well, you're just, that's the only way you can find happiness and it's such an extreme form of happiness too. It's like not, so like, you know, there's not, it, it seems like they're not motivated to do anything um any science because all they're motivated to do is work hard enough to get their next um their next batch of felicium or the next dose i mean uh, you would think that i mean if they're that uh well i mean two points i want to make one is that you would think if, if i mean if that is the case then you, you you would imagine somebody would say we gotta find a way to uh generate this drug ourselves somehow so we don't have to the, so we can have more of it so we can have the episode addresses that drive you you know yeah the episode actually addresses that so the onarans you know hundreds of years ago when this problem began the onarans tried to cultivate the felicium plant on their home world and it wouldn't it, it can only grow in remote regions of breca yeah, I know. Uh, it, but so, it, it, I mean, they tried all these things, but it looks like what's happened is over time, they've just developed this kind of like, these two worlds have just kind of developed this relationship and it's the only thing that seems to be working. And for the most part, until this one incident, you know, and, it, and you know, it is interesting that the Enterprise comes into this um, story at a point where, in a way the enterprise kind of comes into the story and witnesses something interesting, but let's just take the enterprise out of the equation for a moment. What was going to happen was the Onaran ship was going to crash in the atmosphere. That shipment of Felicium was not going to make it to the planet. Right. They had no more, they had no more uh, space capable freighters to get to Breca and the whole world would have gone through the withdrawal, survived it, and mm -hmm. then and then whoever was left over the process would have started to get onaran civilization you know it would have been it would have been cataclysmic in the sense that i think many people what's not addressed in the episode is that i do think many people on onara are going to die mm -hmm. you know there's probably going to be people well, crusher people, certainly yeah and, yeah crusher was aware of it you're right she did kind yeah. of bring it up but or, or hints at it but you know you could tell that people were going to die there was going to be a lot of suffering on anara but after the suffering was over once the addiction is kicked crusher says in the episode they're going to be fine after that they just need to get over it. and that's the same thing it, unfortunately with with drugs like heroin though if you ever relapse you're screwed and you have to go through the whole process again but apparently if you can make it through a certain amount of weeks um, and a lot of times some, some families go through extremes with their heroin addicted, um, loved ones where they'll tie them to a bed for like several weeks, yeah. you know, just to make sure they can actually get through the, um, the withdrawal and get the drug out of their system. And so that's going to force the Onarans. That's basically what happens. And so the only thing different that happens in this episode because of the crew's involvement is that they do get this one last shipment of felicium but picard i think brilliantly decides to he's like you know what i am bound by the prime directive to not to not disclose what the breckens are up to 
because it's there, you know, they've developed a symbiotic sort of relationship, haha, symbiotic or codependent, more like it, um, right, relationship yeah. over centuries. And I can't interfere, but I also can choose not to interfere by not giving them the coils. And so now they're going to be forced. The Breckens don't have the technological prowess to help them fix their ships, and the Onarans have lost the ability. You know, it sounds like the Onarans were once a great technological civilization, and then after this plague and and the and the societal addiction, they lost that. Achieve that. It's just going to be really hard. But you know, one argues, well, you're going to have to pay your dues. You know, you've your whole civilization has gone down this path of like. Uh, you know, drug addiction and like complete, you know, again, not their fault in this case because uh, they thought they're, they're all ill and, and they thought this is medicine. Um, mm-hmm. But now once they get over that and they realize, oh, you know what, we're not going to die. Uh, <laughs> then, you know, the whole paradigm shifts. And I thought that was another thing that's really good about this episode. Tough love from Captain Picard. Tough love from Captain Picard. That's right. Bye-bye. <laughs> um, let me uh, consult once again. The companion. The companion. Um, I do want to point out that um, in this episode, this was actually the final episode for... Um, Denise Crosby. Oh, they filmed... uh... This episode was filmed after uh, Skin of Evil. And uh, if, for those of you with uh, a very very quick uh, finger on the pause button, you can actually see her waving goodbye over Picard's shoulder uh, after her very last scene in the cargo bay. Because that was her last scene... For well, I mean, as Tasha, of course, as a regular character, we we all know she returns, um, and uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's uh, that's really the only thing um, of note that I could find in the um, in the companion. Uh, obviously, we've already discussed the two actors from Star Trek Two. Um, I think the I think before we do our rating for this episode, I would like to say that um, the ending I thought was a very sweet kind of uh, tie, you know, tying up that this whole like philosophical journey of this episode and the the discussion about drugs. Um, and what it really boiled down to is that both the Onarans and the Breckens had kind of lost their their will to their curiosity or their will to innovate or explore or, you know, expand their, um, their consciousness and their horizons. And so at the end, uh, Picard's really fed up and I don't blame him. I mean, it's a really frustrating, um, situation where these two really kind of, uh, codependent and, 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 you know, it, it does become like a little, taxing on on the spirit when you do have to deal with some with people that are so closed off and closed-minded that they can't see you know what's going on 
mm-hmm. uh, what's what's playing to them. So he's like, just get us out of here. Get, take us anywhere. That's and, true. Yeah, the end, yeah, that's right. That is right. a nice touch at the end. You're yeah. right. And Jordy, yeah, and Jordy says, um, all right, that's fine. And he's and then Riker inquires, like, so where are we going? And he's like, the opera line system. And Riker says, well, why'd you choose that? And he's like, curiosity, never been there. You know, right. and I, I love that. And I thought that that was a good end cap, you know, to the message, which is like, you know, there's so many wonderful things in to the explore universe. in the universe and, and just even in our little universes, you know, in our, in our cities, in our towns, in our villages, you know, uh, if you ever do feel disconnected or lonely or, you know, you're losing that kind of joie de vie, just go walk outside and meet someone, you know, I know it takes a lot for some people to do that, but like, you never know what's going to happen. Um, and reach out, you know, reach out. I think it's important. And also don't lose that sense of curiosity and that sense of exploration. I think humans are endowed and gifted with this kind of, it's something that I think is universal. Um, and we have to actually condition ourselves to lose that curiosity. Uh, so try to condition yourself to keep it and keep it burning strong. Very well said. <laughs> so Gosh, shall we? Episodes really inspire something in you, don't they? Well, I I agree with you that the episode was a fair episode when it comes to fair. you know story story and everything else. But I do think that the subject matter for me evoked oh, yeah. evoked a lot of a lot of thought. I I agree. I agree. Uh, I just I you know uh, those it's it some there are certain topics that are difficult to make good stories out of without it being preachy. I mean I, I'm really the the best anti drug um, story that I can think of is is uh, is a very very tough movie to watch, which is Requiem for a Dream. By oh me. God, I can't even. I've only been able to watch that movie once ever. <laughs> I knew somebody who said she liked to watch it over and over again. And I've never understood that. I can't, um, I can't make it. I could, I tried again. I was like, Oh, let me, you know, it's, it is a great movie. It's a phenomenal film. <laughs> it's so tough to watch, but it is very honest, yeah. honest uh, film about drugs. I'm mean, not just uh, recreational illegal drugs, but all drugs, you know, whether mm-hmm. you're, uh, you know, painkillers and everything. Coffee, Coffee food, any addiction. Ad- addiction. Any Let's just call it addiction. addiction. Yeah, addiction. Um, but um, but yeah, I, I do. I have to admit, uh, if if there's anything that this uh, our reviewing the episodes do is that it reminds me just how much you love the show and how <laughs> it just it, it it just brings this philosophy out of you. That's just fun to watch man it really is you really are uh you get the jazz with uh next generation man you i really, really love do. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you 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 love the show and it just it open it it's funny but um <laughs> so, so on a on a we do on Starfleet Boy. I think we do a. Is it a five point scale or t- I can never. I don't have a I database know. girl. I think I always <laughs> go for the for the ten point, but then you always correct me. No, it's five. Okay, so let's do five points. <laughs> I, I give I give this two. I mean, you know, it's a fair, like you said, it's a fair episode, but it's not one that I would actively seek out, and and you know, I found nothing. 
I found nothing new in it. Like in rewatching, it. I was like, yeah, I remember this episode. Yeah, okay, yeah, all right. I'm gonna go ahead and give this a three. Wow. No, it's just like you know. I think for me, um, <clears throat> I really love ex- exposition, and while I recognize the need for, uh, I recognize the need for adventure and action, which we're going into. By the way, this season's gonna pick up after this uh at warp speed at warp speed yeah where it's very exciting uh we're gonna we're gonna go to a sad episode next but a really good one skin of evil um but yeah i think that the this episode was a nice little you know uh philosophical journey and i i say that yeah it's a it's a three it doesn't but i do agree with you it doesn't stand out over time like you know as as one of the greats you know, it was one of the best episodes. And it's a shame because it did have some really nice, again, having Merritt Buttrick in it and um, uh, the actor who played Joaquin. Uh, and it was nice, too, to see that Star Trek alumni uh, play a different part. I will avenge you! <laughs> <laughs> On Earth, I was a prince. Um, <laughs> there's a listener that I'd like to give a shout-out to uh, who reached out on Twitter. I'm terrible at the Twitter and the social media, so I'm sorry that I uh, don't get back to folks. Um, uh, but I think she's mostly a Drunk Space Nine listener. Her name's Barbara Demarest. Demarest. Oh, that's the one you... Didn't you sing a, a, uh, the Beach Barbara Boy? Barbara Ann, yeah, I sang Barbara I, Ann. I, I heard that episode. Uh, Very just- well. <laughs> so Barbara... Uh, uh here's a starfleet boy shout out to you thank you for listening and thank you to everyone who watches and listens to the show uh there aren't many of you but we love you all the same <laughs> <laughs> um so that's about it i think that that wraps up this episode doctor do you have any uh, closing thoughts n- let's get on to uh the Skin. next one Skin of evil. All right. Signing out. Live long and prosper, everyone. Warp speed ahead. Engage.